Hello, and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the spine-chilling Matt. Hello there. Well, Matt, we've got a spooky one this week. The oh, Haunting yeah. of Villa Diodati. Um, I'm very excited to get your thoughts on that. Um, but uh, how's your week been? Let's start there, as we uh, as has become custom. I'm a little under the weather today. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't to really hear that. know why, but sleep eludes me, David. I was going to say what weather to be under as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I wonder if that's part of it. I don't know. Mm. It's Sunday today, isn't it? Yes. I feel, I feel like I haven't properly slept since Wednesday. Oh, crikey. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, yeah. But then, yeah. when I get into bed, my brain just goes 100 miles an hour, just going, you are really tired, aren't you? Oh, it's awful. Should I tell you what, what my genuine recommendation is for that? Uh, big finish. Wow. It's what I do at bedtime these days. Um, it really helps me unwind to just have, like, 20 minutes of a big finish story. Well... I've got four hours of Lady Christina, if that's not going to knock me out. <laughs> Give it a go, Matt. It might do the yeah. job. Maybe. Let's see. I be uh, I find the most effective one for me is uh, the the Gallifrey series. And don't get me wrong, I really like uh, Big Finish's Gallifrey series. But there is something about uh, the sort of mix of high-concept science fiction and very dry political wrangling... Mm-hmm. That um, that show uh, revolves around that it's just yeah, uh, twenty minutes and and I'm and I'm uh, you know, um, right on the cusp of sleep. Does 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 the job magnificently, um, but yeah, yeah. But so you, that, you haven't I'm... you haven't been up to much this weekend then. We were calling no. on a Sunday evening, listeners, so... Uh, no, um, since last time, I'm sad to say I haven't played any of the Doctor Who Adventure game. Oh, dear. So progress has stalled a little bit there, but I am off work this week, so hopefully we'll get that, Yeah, you know, all tied up, just, ready to go. Just, yeah, knuckle down. Yeah. Crack on with that, yeah. Yeah, um, I think if I've got anything else, uh, I also have not started reading Missing Parts. <laughs> Everything oh, last week, where I was like, oh, "Damaged Goods." Oh, Damaged Goods. Why do yeah. I keep getting the title wrong? I don't uh, know. There's Spare Parts is a very famous big Finnish Cyberman story. It could be that. It could. Be it's that. one but of their I... most highly acclaimed of the sort of original run of releases they did. But yeah, pretty much. If I said I was going to do anything last week, I haven't done it. I've just been a bit busy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I've 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 made a start on uh, damaged goods. Okay. Um, I I've been hampered by the fact that I've not gotten my arse into gear and actually got it on my Kindle. So I've been reading it on my phone, which is not ideal. Um, so I I need to I need to get that sorted this week, and then I should hopefully be able to steam through it a bit more than I have mm. so far. In fact, here's the big event from this week for me. Yeah, go for it. Um, so I, I've been trying to get myself in a bit better shape recently. Yeah, good, okay. an admirable thing to do. Yeah, I, I think I think the correct term for a man of my size is uh, big fat bloater. <laughs> uh, so uh, I've this week been swimming quite a lot. I do enjoy a oh. good swim. 
So. I went to the swimming pool uh, yesterday as well. Oh, you know, did, did you go down the slide? Very, I, I, I did think... not. Oh. Yeah, I'm not a slide person but... uh, in swimming pools, but but yeah, it's quite a rare event for me. I uh, genuinely, I've uh, you know, I'm I'm very body conscious, and mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, before before we had little zorbs, you you wouldn't have got me anywhere near a swimming pool, um, but really. There's something about seeing a toddler splashing about and messing around in a pool that is just. Uh, I must stop calling him a toddler. I think officially he's you know he's past the age of three. He is no longer. I mean he certainly doesn't toddle anymore. Mm. Bombs around the place. Anyway, um, but yeah. It, as well as going swimming, yeah, uh, I signed up for my gym induction this week. Oh crikey! To get back to the gym, and yeah. I had about. Half an hour of this young lady showing me all the machines yeah, and how they work. And I pretty much said, look, I'm just here to use the treadmill. That's all I really want to go on. I'm not bothered yeah. about bench pressing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So then she said, well, fine, what we'll do is uh, have a go on a couple of the machines. I'm going to go stand over here. And uh, if you have any questions, let me know. Yeah? yeah. Now, what do you think the next step of this story is? Um... You have a go on a treadmill and you put it in reverse and it's like a Mr. Bean sketch. David, it's far worse than that. Okay. What if I told you, I think it might be a sign from the heavens that maybe exercise isn't for me. Uh-huh. The guy on the treadmill next to me had a full-blown heart attack and we had to evacuate the gym. Oh my goodness me. Yeah. That's awful. He came off his treadmill, and I thought, oh, he's a bit jelly-legged, because obviously yeah. everything's got mirrors all over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kind of stumbled across, but he put his foot on the back of my treadmill, yeah, which shot his legs out from underneath him. Oh, gosh. And he was on the floor, full-blown, um, you know, fitting, foaming at the mouth. It was horrible. But because he'd landed behind my treadmill, I was, like, boxed in. Oh, God. And so whilst they were evacuating everyone, I had to, like, either climb over all the treadmills or climb over him. It was awful. Yeah, that's, that must have been quite a shocking thing to see, yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I haven't been back since, and I'm going to stay yeah. fat forever. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, you, you do have to be careful with, with cardio stuff. It's what did Douglas Adams in, you know. David, if they lined everyone up in that gym and said, who's going to have a heart attack? Yeah. All fingers point to me. This guy was in great shape. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. you know, it's you just you've just kind of got a know your limit with those kinds of things. I think um, mm. it's. I mean, it's easy for me to say that. You know, one of the world's most sedentary men. <laughs> Spent well, all day sat in front of a desk and all evening sat on a sofa. Um, I think yeah. it's important to say, when I went swimming the next day, I did ask if he was okay and they let me know he was in hospital having some tests. Oh, and gosh. then I did find out later that he, he was fine. Oh, well, that's really good to know. I I, I, I wasn't sure whether you were going to be able to ascertain that, but, uh, mm. but yeah, no, that is that is you know good to hear. And fingers crossed uh, makes a full recovery. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I couldn't do gyms. If yeah. I had space, I would have an exercise bike, I think, in the yeah. house. But I, I don't think I could go to a gym. 
Uh, the one the ones, in front of other people. The ones in the gym are mental. They've got like big iPads glued to the front of them now. So you can watch a bit of Netflix whilst you're on a run and stuff like that. I don't know that I would want that. Again, yeah. I, I, I just just a bit of Big Finish would be fine for me, thanks. Yeah, yeah, well, see if you can get the app. Yeah. Uh, um, what about you? How's your week been? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty standard. Uh, apart from, I, I've had a more eventful weekend, as I say, went to uh, went to the swimming uh, baths with, uh, with little Zorbs and my partner, and that was great. Like, um, honestly, he spent over two hours in that pool and probably would just, you know, have taken up permanent residence there had we not intervened. Really? <laughs> yeah. He just he, he, he just absolutely loved it. And Good. My partner had taken him a couple of times before, but I'd, I'd not been along. So it was kind of... Um, like, I don't want to... <sighs> I'm not saying I deserve a medal or something, but genuinely, I really, really struggle with the the whole notion of going to a pool. So it was quite a, you know, a not insignificant thing for me to attempt. Oh, and, well done. Uh, yeah, it was really, it was really, it, once I was there and my attention was very much on what Zulbs was up to and just the sheer continual joy he, he had being there yeah that was it, it was very much worth it and what was fascinating as well was we we went we had very bizarre weather here yesterday i don't know whether it reached where you were or not but certainly we 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 went to when we went to the pool it was hammering it down with rain yeah we when we that. were when we emerged two day uh, two hours after it two was two days be- later you <laughs> i did yeah um Two hours later, beautiful sunshine. We're driving back to our house, and there's snow on the verges. Yeah, and we were like, "What? How is? How have we had torrential rain, snow, and sunshine all in the space of two hours?" Yeah, it was absolutely crazy yesterday. Yeah, bonkers, bonkers. Um, and today was just just kind of miserable start to finish it seems um yeah. but I, I you know i wasn't miserable i got to see my family and oh, had a had a, a day round my mum's uh my brother was there and stuff so uh, oh, i went to yeah. my mum's this morning and my brother was there oh fantastic Snap. we've we've had weirdly symmetrical weekends by the sound yeah of it. our cycles are sinking david <laughs> <laughs> evidently um Okay, then. Uh, which of our two incredibly popular features would you like to go with first this week, Matt? Uh, shall we mix it up and go, have I got who's for you first? Sure, sure. It's been quite a slow one, so I've no idea what's going to be uh, uh, dropping. I, I feel like we are really overdue a 14th Doctor announcement now. Really? I feel like it's been long enough. This might even be the longest gap between the official announcement that a, a, a modern Doctor is, is leaving and the, the the name being revealed for... Why don't you just do it now? Why don't you be the one to drop it? Um, okay, it's... Um, it's David Schwimmer. Oh, wow. Ross yeah. from Friends. Ross from Friends. 
Oh, Who, wow. that, that, what a left field choice that was. You I know, mean, American. If he if he and gets what? his big long Ross hair, it'll look a bit like Matt Smith. I guess he would. Yeah, yeah. And if he shaves it and has his little short Ross hair, it'll look like Eccleston. Yeah. You know. You know what? If Doctor Who was American, I think Schwimmer could actually pull off. You know, pull it off and be a halfway decent Doctor. Do you not think? In a sort of more in a Davison-y kind of way, like quite kind of nervous and whatnot. Do you do you I, get one? Yeah, I don't yeah. know if we've ever done this. Who's your favourite friend from Friends? Oh, I mean, they're all detestable people. They are. Um, they are. Um, oh, I don't know. You know, I, every everybody dunks on Phoebe, but honestly, I think I, I if I had to socialise with any of them, I could probably have a more tolerable um, afternoon with Phoebe than anyone else. If only because she very much reminds me of a lot of the people I went to art school with. Really? See, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of Phoebe. She'd be she'd be down towards my bottom, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I was going for someone. I'd go for the character of Dr. Richard Burke, played by Tom Selleck. Oh, I didn't know we were allowed non-friend friends. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, the friends are actually the worst characters, so you could have gone gone for Gunther, that works in the coffee shop. Yeah. Uh, You could have gone for Mike, played by Paul Rudd. That would have been okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You could have gone for any number of people. Who is the... um... The scientist guy that dated Phoebe. Oh, uh, yeah. And he's played by the guy that does all the Simpsons voices, isn't he? Oh, is he? He's played... Uh, what? Ha- um, is it Hank Azaria? Hank Azaria. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Hank Azaria. And let me just go on his filmography. Uh, I should know this. I've watched it not so long ago. Hmm. I think that is all his... In TV... In Friends, he just played David. Ah, that's it, yeah. David the Science Man. Yeah. He seemed nice. Yeah. There's a lot of nice people, but they're all uh, made out to be fools by the Friends. (laughs) Um, Righty-ho. There we go. That, That can be a new feature. Yes. I mean, I mean, we're doing F in A to Z, so just, uh, if you're listening, send us a message saying who your favourite friend is. Yeah. Well, if any of you say me or David, blocked. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, are you ready for, would I, uh, um, no, uh, have I got who's for Oh, you? I thought for a second we were going to do would I lie to who one last time. No, it's never coming back, Matt. Dead. Nope. Dead. Bye-bye. So, the, the top hit on searchwise.net is a spoiler, so we're going to scroll past that one. Um, Does it say, it, David Schwimmer announced as 14th <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Um, next, we've got, uh, from the Express, Doctor Who, 
favourite character returns in anticipated comeback. Um, I, I'll, I'll let you know if you like that. That's just a big finish announcement. Okay. I know what's going on there. Um, another one from The Express. Uh, Jodie Whittaker's rumoured replacement falls out of favour with fans. Yeah, I hate David Schwimmer. <laughs> uh, Strictly Come Dancing tease as Doctor Who star hopes to uh, for sign-up. Quote, would love to. So what we know there is actor would like easy work yeah. in high-profile television show. Great. Um, that, again, that was the Express. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Doctor Who. Uh, this is from Plymouth Live. Oh, yes. Uh, is it by You Know Who? Well, there's only one way to find out, and that's to click on it. Um, and the, the, the headline is, Storm Video of Weenie Bin has fans in stitches. Yes. Yes. Is this what we're going for, Matt? Yep. Can I just ask who wrote the article? You're going to be very shocked, Matt. Go You're on. Get genuinely going to be very shocked. It's David Monday. David, wait a minute. David uh, Monday, spelled M-U-N. I can't even remember. What's the guy I like called? Something Ball. Elliot Ball, I Elliot think. Elliot Ball, yeah. Yeah, Elliot Ball's out. David Monday's in. Wow. He's been replaced on the Doctor Who beat. Who knew? Okay. Doctor Who fans have been tickled by a recent video on social media of a wheelie bin flying in stormy UK weather. The video, which appears on Twitter, showed forceful currents sweeping the receptacle through the sky. Lovely deployment of the word receptacle there. Very much enjoyed that. Uh, Not unlike how the TARDIS travels through time and space. I mean, I would argue it is quite unlike it. Yeah, it it, it doesn't take a stiff breeze to knock the TARDIS back in time, (laughs) does it? Twitter user uploaded the original video saying, that bin was flying wheelie high. Oh, oh, that's right up our alley. Yeah, and now we've got uh, an example here. Uh... A, a Twitter user named Aiden quote tweeted the video and said, "Due to BBC budget cuts, here's your new opening titles for series 14." <sighs> so yeah, see what they did there. Let's get the reportage on on the on the uh, outcome of that tweet. Fans lapped up the joke, with well, Marques Hughes adding in the official Doctor Who theme tune over the footage. Right, well, I think I know what will be sending me to sleep tonight now. Yeah. Stephen Graham pointed out that the footage was uncannily familiar to a scene in Second Doctor's story, Fury from the Deep, when the TARDIS is pictured flying at a distance before landing on the sea. That's the end of the article, Matt. Right, so... So there you go. As I say, slow news week in the world of Doctor Who. It was a bit windy, it blew about a wheelie bin, and someone went... Hey, oh, it's a bit like yeah. Doctor Who. The yeah, a, a couple of Doctor Who fans made a gag about it. Wow. Not even the original uploader. Just some, some Doctor Who fans doing Doctor Who fan stuff. Wow. You weren't lying when you said slow news week. <laughs> I, I really wasn't. I mean, it's either that I could have, fa- I could have dug and found an, uh, an article about um, Big Finish's new Gallifrey uh, war room box set they've announced which had a lovely trailer 
really nicely animated trailer worth looking genuinely the animation was was a considerable step above that uh time lord victorious dalek series yeah yeah like i i forget about that like we used to weekly review of that and it was it was pants wasn't it it wasn't doctor who's finest hour no no all right then matt hit me with some f's Oh, I, nearly, I nearly burst into a tirade of swearing there. Oh, so, wouldn't have that been something? Definitive A to Z of Doctor Who, up to yep. F, David. Do you want we some are. episodes? Go for it. Father's Day. Good. Fear Her. Not good. 42. Uh, meh. Family of Blood. Very good. Fires of Pompeii. Very good. Forest of the Dead. Uh, yes, very good. Flesh and Stone. Also very good, I would say. Flatline. Well, a lot of good F uh, ones, aren't there? Yeah. Face the Raven. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Fugitive str- of the Jadim. It's a very strong showing for uh, episodes beginning with F. I had no idea. Yeah. And then... I've just stuck flux on the end, even though we haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. Are you excited for flux, Matt? Uh, I don't really know. Not Might far really off, good. are we? Might be pants. Yeah, we've only got, like, what, ten weeks or so left? And then we finish for good. Yeah, we're shutting up shop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't it's, think we'll it's... even get to the end of the alphabet. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. It can be, like, the great unfinished works yeah um do you want some monsters uh yes i've, I've got uh face of bow sure i think did you not also pick him for b yeah i called him bow face off <laughs> uh the fisher king yeah now from the episode utopia there's the future kind there surely is uh, from the, uh, I can't even remember what episode, Friday, The Last Ice Warrior. Oh, yeah. Ah. Oh. And from Mummy on the Orient Express, there is The Foretold. The Foretold, yeah. Uh, and then for cast and crew, mainly cast, because I don't mm-hmm. care about crew. Yep. I, I have Foreman, first name Susan. Yep. And I have Fraser Hines. Ah, good old Fraser Hines. Yeah. And then I've got two other kind of like out there suggestions. Okay, let me hear your out there suggestions then. Uh, I've gone for film, as in the TV movie. Yes, yeah, that's a stretch, but okay, I'll allow it. And then, for a long time, this was going to be my vote, finales. Yeah, I mean, it, Doctor Who certainly has them. Yeah, and they're usually pretty good, aren't they? Yeah, certainly it, New Who has them. Yeah. Uh, classic Who, uh, it, not so much. Yeah, the Doctor goes to bed for three episodes, then regenerates. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even a series finale when uh, Hartnell... Uh, it was, like, quite early into a series. Bloody hell. And then it was just, next week, here's Patrick Trout, and get used to it, kids. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, 
uh, they made TV differently back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. Um, Anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, loads, loads. I mean, mostly classic stuff that, uh, for understandable reasons, you, you, you've not touched on. Um, because it's all rubbish and boring. Not quite. So, uh, in terms of uh, episodes, you've got things like the faceless ones, the five doctors... Oh, yeah, we've seen that. Yeah, it's a banger. Oh, that um, might be my pick now, actually. Four to Doomsday. You've got uh, Frontier in Space, Frontiers, Full Circle, Fury from the Deep. Um, and uh, in terms of monsters, there's a personal favourite of mine, the Fendal, from Image of the Fendal. Okay. I really, I cannot wait to think really I, watch Image of the I think Fendal. I had one of those last time I went to the Indian. <laughs> uh, you got Fenric from the Curse of Fenric. You've got the Foamasi, who um, are a, a race from a story called The Leisure Hive. The Leisure Hive written by a writer by the name of David Fisher. Okay. And genuinely, I think David Fisher is my pick for F. Um, oh, wow. In terms of like writer competition, there's not much. You've got Phil Ford, who did Waters of Mars and Into the Dalek. Both very good stories, but, you know, hasn't done much since for um, Doctor Who itself. Though, Wiki here tells me that he was the head writer of Series 2 of the Sarah Jane Adventures. So, um, that's made me even uh, just a smidge even more excited to eventually watch those. Um so, uh, in addition, we've got John Flanagan, who wrote one story, Megloss, which... Uh, uh, and John Flanagan is that rarest of thing, a classic Doctor Who writer with no Wikipedia page. Oh, wow. So he must have done almost nothing else of note. He's made such an impact on the zeitgeist. Yeah, that says something. Um, but David Fisher... I think is one of the most underrated writers of the classic series. He wrote four stories, the stones of blood, the androids of Tara, um, the creature from the pit and uh, the leisure hive. Mm -hmm. He also wrote the first draft of a story, which would eventually become the city of death. Uh, but due to you know various reasons, he wasn't able to complete the script and it ended up passing to Douglas Adams and uh, Graham Williams, the producer, and it became a sort of composite effort with a, with uh, a, a sort of um, created pseudonym. So I think the story was, was it David Agnew was the eventual name. Uh, but David Agnew was, was essentially Douglas Adams, Graham Williams and David Fisher all rolled together. Um, right. But, uh, I mean, the the City of Death is held up in fandom as, like, one of the great stories. Some would argue the best classic story. I would argue it's not. Um, like, it's not even close for me, but it's good. Um, don't get me wrong, it is good. I believe you're absolutely slamming City of Death. I know. Hark at that. But I love The Stones of Blood, The Androids of Tyra and The Leisure Hive. Creature of the Pits, okay, but um, those three in particular. What I love about them is they are all so different, but they are all so funny and interesting and imaginative and well-written. They they all just stand out <laughs> as real gems of the Fourth Doctor era. Um, but 
he doesn't get talked about in the same way as your Terence Dicks and your Robert Holmeses and your Malcolm Hulks and those the sort of classic writers who who get all of the praise. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's David Fisher for me. What about you, Matt? What's your what is your pick for uh the letter F? I think I might go five doctors. Five doctors. Yeah. yeah. It, you it enjoyed was that good one, didn't fun, you? wasn't it? It is. It's a proper romp, that. That, that bit one. where Sarah Jane falls down the hill. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a hoot. Yeah, the tension really got to me there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, what did our listeners pick for F? Uh, it would have helped if I got that ready. Yeah, it would, um, wouldn't it? Anyway, I don't do that bit now. I do it in listener tweets. All right, then. All right, then. Should we just... Uh, should we just do listener tweets Let's instead? just do listener tweets. I mean, either way, you should have got them prepared. Look, it's on my phone, but it was... <laughs> right, hold on. Here we go. Uh, Here we go, right. This is what I have to deal with, listeners. This just rank unprofessionalism. David, I did not edit out last week where you got the introduction to BT Flibbity Giggard wrong like four times in a <laughs> row. Right? It's just right. it's shocking, isn't it? It's so sloppy. It's a wonder we've still got that egg sponsorship, Matt. Yeah, I, I kind of uh, stopped doing that. It wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> You're telling me we don't we don't have that sweet egg money rolling in anymore? No, no, no. Whatever I called him, Peter Egg, head yeah. of the British Egg Council, he's turned his back on us. Uh, and And so close to Easter as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we could have, we could have been raking it in, Matt. Yeah, maybe next week I'll pretend we've got a letter from Peter Egg and I'll read it out in a funny voice. Oh, wouldn't that be a treat, listeners? Yeah, I think I used to listen to the Angelos Epithemiu podcast. Yes, uh, which was like every other podcast sponsored by Audible. Right. Yes, and they created a character called the head of Audible. <laughs> And every week just absolutely decimated it. Because uh, obviously <laughs> now, I think the head of Audible will be Jeff Bezos. Cause it's I guess. Yeah. yeah. But they used, like, they used to ridicule Audible all the time and then read letters out. Uh, it was brilliant. Right. The first message this week, David. Yeah. Comes from, and I'm not afraid to say it, my favourite of the big Doctor Who podcasts. Oh, excellent. Uh, the Doctor Who show. Ah, oh, yes, yeah, great guys. You know, I, I've, I've, I hadn't heard of them prior to starting this podcast and being more active on Twitter. Uh, one, they have one of the most active Twitter accounts of any Doctor Who podcast, so they are worth a follow if you like that sort of thing. Always thoughtful, interesting little comments, um, and I love all of the different strands of things they do. In particular, I am a really big fan of a series they do called Primary Sources, where they'll get a guest on and pick a random issue of uh, Doctor Who magazine and just read out a couple of letters from it and have a chat at it about it. And it's so interesting for me as someone who was not, you know, involved in the Doctor Who fandom in the, like the late eighties, early nineties, to hear some of the. Some of the things people got hung up on back then. It's well, fascinating. If you listen to this week's version of that, they have mm-hmm. released the primary sources this week. 
Yeah. And it features, I'm going to say it, the single best Doctor Who podcaster, Mark from the Time and Space pod. Yes. Yeah. I've already, I listened to it earlier when I was doing the washing up. Same. Um, It's it's a great little listen. I think we all sit under the Doctor Who show's learning tree, Uh but but Mark is the podcaster I want to be. Yeah. I've been lucky Lovely enough bloke. to, you know, spend a bit of time with him doing a couple of after shows for Flux. And mm-hmm. not ashamed to say, David, he's a great guy. Yeah, no, he is. And uh, that, that come, comes across in, in his podcasting work. Now, speaking of great guys, David. Yes. The next... Did I even read that message? No, we didn't. I just I just started just waxing lyrical about how much I enjoyed the Doctor Who show uh, podcast feed. Right. It, it's it's really good, guys. Listen, give it a, give it a subscribe. It's worth it. Right. Well, they say. In fact, I think it's Rob from the Doctor Who show. Yeah. Says probably the second best story of the Whittaker era, to my mind. Ooh. No surprise when its writer also co-wrote the best episode of Flux Two. Yes, you got very, that to look forward to. A very solid tale. Mm. Yeah. Now, if you rewind twenty seconds to when I say speaking of great guys, the next message, David, mm-hmm. is from the Cloyster Bell podcast. Say hello. Hello, Cloyster Bell podcast. Okay. Did you say hello to the Doctor Who show? I don't know that I did. Hello, Doctor Who show. Sorry, I'm so scatterbrained today, David. It's all right. Right, Cloyster Bell. Again, I think this is Rob. Says it was all right from what I remember, apart from the kick to the teeth that there was no mention of Mary having travelled with the 8th Doctor, having met him this very night. Can we say from this point the TV series is no longer canon and we just stick to the CDs, please? <laughs> and he says F is for the main man himself, Frobisher. Oh, excellent. Some deep cuts there. So shall I unpack that one for you a little bit, Matt? Go on. Um, so, um, the, okay, so the first... Um, Eighth Doctor audio story that Big Finish did with Storm Warning and in it he references the fact that he'd had some adventures with Mary Shelley it happens in like the first sort of five minutes of that story it's just an offhand comment and then much later on Big Finish in their very Big Finish way said you know what we should just do that and they did a set of something like I don't know eight stories or something with the Eighth Doctor and Mary Shelley. So t- in terms of like the big finish take on the Eighth Doctor, they are the earliest things in his timeline. So it basically goes TV movie, Mary Shelley adventures, and then he goes on and meets Charlie Pollard and the sort of the main continuity of uh, the Eighth Doctor really kicks into gear in terms of big finishes stuff. Um, they seem to be quite popular. I've not heard them. But obviously... It is impossible to have this episode coexist with that mm. timeline. So, but, you know, that's part of the joy of being a Doctor Who fan, I think. Uh, and then Frobisher. Are you familiar with Frobisher? Um, I did a little bit of Googling, and he's yeah. a shape-shifting penguin. Y- y- yes. I believe he's a shapeshifter whose preferred form is a penguin. Right, if memory serves. But I, I'm pretty sure uh, his origin is the Doctor Who magazine comic strip. Right, um, okay. And has subsequent to that featured in maybe a couple of audios and maybe some novels, not sure. But uh, 
first and foremost, he was he was a comic book companion. Right. Well, continuing the trend of great guys sending us messages this week, David. Yes. Next up is Harry from Who Can Convince You. Say hello, David. Hello, Harry. Uh, Harry says, I remember it being shot really well. Mary Shelley getting not a lot to do and a Cyberman appears. Not a fan of the lone Cyberman or whatever he's called, but it's probably the best or one of the best stories from the Jodie era. And F is for fungoids. Fungoids? Do I even know what that's from? I'm going to have to Google that now. It might be something like a, a classic story that I've seen once and, and it didn't leave a massive impression on me. Let's find out. Fungoids, Doctor Who. Uh, fungoid infection. Uh, uh, Joe, Joe Grant got Gummage infected. cones were a race of intelligent carnivorous fungi. The planet Mechanus. Fungoid infection. Here we go. F is for fungoids. Tardis musings. Yeah. It's not. It's not coming up with a lot. I think the the mechanus fungoids. Yeah, are the I same. think that must be it. Yeah. yeah. Gubbage cones. Yeah. Well, there you go. Right. Now, continuing the trend, David. Yes. Great guys. Mm. It's just an all-round great set of tweets this week. We have great followers on Twitter. Yeah. Let's well, be up up there with the best of them. It's uh, James, son of Nicholas Courtney. Hello, James. Who says, best of the series also contains Jodie's best performance so far. Mm. And he says, F is for, and I don't know how to pronounce this, Fanag. As in Matt Smith's first series, series Fanag. <laughs> Do you want me to unpack that one as well? Yeah, you're going to have to. Uh, okay. That was a really weird period. Um, in the run-up to, and possibly even after the broadcast of Matt Smith's first series, where there was an attempt to make it series one again. Okay. Um, they basically, they, but with it being a new showrunner, they were like, come on, this is a fresh start, it's a jumping on point. A bit like how, you know, in comic books, every so often they'll just randomly be like, it's issue one of Batman. And it's yeah. just like, it's yeah. not though, is it? There have been some previous issues of Batman. Um, but, yeah, it was an attempt to do that. And so fans didn't know if it was Series 5 or Series 1. The, the, the two were used interchangeably in things in, in a lot of promotional stuff in the run-up to the series. And so it was dubbed Series FNAG. Right, OK. Why FNAG? Just because it's like a like a non-committal noise, like it's just like uh, it's sort sort series series nag, you know. Right. Well, shall we move on, David? Yes, I think we'd better. So we've got some bloody lovely tweets here. Have we? This one, and um, should we get this right? Okay, I'll, I'll introduce try. them, and then I'll say say hello, David. Okay. This message comes from BT Flibbity Giggard. Say hello, David. Hello, David. This message comes from <laughs> BT Flibbity Giggard. Say hello, David. Greetings, curator. <laughs> there we go. 
Oh, Matt, you have no idea how pleased I am with myself right, right now. <laughs> Next week, you're banned from the swimming pool. You've been too giddy. <laughs> and your little titter laugh. Right. I'm just going to continue. So BT says, Mary Shelley gets pushed aside in favour of applying the great man fallacy to one of the most overrated of the romantic poets. What's BT got against Byron? Bloody hell. Oh, I think it's Shelley he's referring to there. Ah, right. But, I mean, either way, I mean, uh, to be honest... I think all of the romantic poets are overrated, but let's not let's not get, dwell on that yeah. too much, eh? So, we've already got a good version of this episode. It's called Silver Turk, and it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Is that one of the eighth Doctor ones? That's the, first, that's the one that introduces it, yeah, yeah. Right. I hate the Cyberman having feelings. At least Jodie is good. And a suggestion for F that we've overlooked, David. Mm-hmm. And I can never pronounce this surname, so I'm going to give it my best shot. F is for Freema Aggieman. Oh, um, I used to get this wrong as well, but I've I've heard it enough times now on podcasts. I I think it's uh, uh, just Aggieman, Freema right. Aggieman. And if you don't know what, f- uh, and also faction paradox. If you don't know what faction paradox is. It's a time-travelling death cult that enjoys creating paradoxes. Look them up. They're insane. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Some fact- bloody deep cuts this week. Some they really are. nerds. Do you want me to talk about Faction Paradox? Or is it best if we swiftly move no, on? No, no, no. Why, why break the habit of a lifetime? Okay. I don't know very much about them at all, but I believe they were a creation of the Virgin New Adventures. So, you know, the, the sort of series of books that, that that Damaged Goods falls into that we're going to be talking about on, a, on an upcoming bonus episode. Um, and the main thing with them, it, I think the thing that makes them most notable is they've had a bit of a life beyond Doctor Who. In okay. the, the writer that created them owns the the IP for managed to get some some comic books and stuff and and you know like they I don't think I don't think it was to the point that like people who weren't into Doctor Who were reading it but you know it has had a bit of a longer tail on it than a lot of stuff that was introduced in, in the Virgin New Adventures. The, the the ultimate example of that is probably Bernie Summerfield. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure is a name you see knocking around here and there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, having never read any of the Virgin New Adventures, I don't really know any more than that about Faction Paradox, though. Right. The next tweet, David, comes from Ariel. Say hello, David. Hello, Ariel. Uh, Ariel says, easily the best episode of the season for me. Probably my favourite of Chibnall's era up to this point. Mm-hmm. I don't generally like Cyberman stories, but this one really works for me. And it's largely the Doctor's speech. Finally tapped into the side of the Doctor we've been missing. Also, I did a project on Percy Shelley in high school, so that bit was a bit interesting. And for F... Mm-hmm. She's gone for Fires of Pompeii. I think this is a little subtle dig at me, David. After all, it was such an important episode. (laughs) Yep. Right. Lest we forget. We've got two more to go. Don't worry. We'll be in bed this this side of midnight. Oh, that's, that's good to hear. Right. 
Then we have James Swifty Swift. Hello, James. Who says... Now, you probably didn't hear that tweet, David, because it was so swift it just flew by. <laughs> that might be a new joke I do for James Swifty Swift. Mm. says, first time I watched this episode, I thought it was nothing. However, recently, I found it to be the best written of this era. I think it's just brilliant. Yeah, it's interesting that it didn't didn't click for your first time. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good one. Right. Then, the last tweet, David. Mm-hmm. Okay, get the bugles out, because royalty approaches. We've mm-hmm. got a Marty McLean Hall of Famer in our midst. And I'll tell you what, David, this week I noticed Marty McLean's changed his profile picture on Twitter. And, oh, he's gorgeous. <laughs> right, so the final message comes from Marie. Say hello, David. Hi, Marie. Uh... Marie says, man, this ticks a lot of boxes for me. The Mary Shelley party, ghosts, mysteries, the gang getting stuck in rooms, that part where they all scream in the beginning is pauseworthy, and a Cyberman. This Cyberman is so interesting too. I loved it. Plus, uh, and then she says something that I think I missed. It might not be in my notes, so I'm going to skip that bit. Right, okay. okay. And then she says, F is for fantastic. No other explanation needed. Now, I think that's another dig from a couple of weeks ago where you kept saying fantastic and I just didn't get the reference. (laughs) Possibly. Right. Hmm. Um, Just before we move into the episode, David, can I just pause a minute? I've just got a tiny little bit of admin to do. Of course. Uh, Everything is a lie. I'm going to say no. No. Fugitive. Doctor, I'm going to say no. No show. Uh, sorry, this is just a private conversation to, with myself, David. Oh, sorry. Just, sorry. No. Oh. You know, care not to eavesdrop, thank you. Okay. You know, loose lips sink ships and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gallifrey and the Master, just going to put a cross next to that. Lone Cyberman, let me get my clicky pen out. Hold on. And just put a big tick next to that. There we go. Excellent. Right, David, sorry, sorry. Um, yep, yeah, great. Um, Matt, what did you think of uh, The Haunting of Villa Diodati? Um, It was okay. I, I know a lot of people said it's the best episode of this series, but that's like... It's not high praise, is it? <laughs> it? It was okay. There were some bits I really liked, and then some bits I was just like, oh, right. That's what we're doing, is it? <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah. If that's how it, you want to be about it. This is like, uh, it's like Utopia, where you don't have to watch that episode, you just watch the last five minutes. Oh, come on, it's so much more solidly entertaining than Utopia, though. No, it was all right. There was a few bits, it's I was a bit, good. Like, what's going on? No, I'm sorry, I I'm, not, I'm not having this. It's it was good. It's a really good episode. David, this is episode one hundred and seventy-one of our yeah. podcast. Yeah. Right. I don't know if you don't know how this format goes. <laughs> yeah. Right. We each give our opinion. You're not allowed to just dismiss. <laughs> when when is this wrong? I feel like it deserves David. more than a shrug of the shoulders, David. and it was okay. David. Right. Yes. At times, 
in this podcast, yes, the team structure is not flat, right? It's mountainous <laughs> with me at the top. Okay? <laughs> if I say an episode's okay, it's okay. I mean, at least you're not act. At least we don't have a midnight situation on our hands here. Oh, God, that still haunts me to this day. Mm. When when we get to episode 200, yeah. right, I'm going to... You, you can call me on this. At episode 200, I'll say midnight's a good episode and everyone can leave me alone. <laughs> right? That's it. You know, last time we did, like, a poetry contest and we had yep. hundreds of emails and letters, mm-hmm. right? It's just going to open... And it's just going to be me. It'll go diddle do diddle and it'll just be me and go hello. Midnight's a pretty good episode. It'll be about thirty seconds long. Ah, uh, I'll get a week off. I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah. Right, haunting a villa diodati or whatever it's called. Yes. Right. Should we just jump straight in? I think we should. Yeah. Written by Maxine Alderton. Yes. New writer, as is uh, often the case with this series. Um, Not a lot of writing credits outside of Emmerdale. No. It's pretty much just wall-to-wall Emmerdale, bit of the worst witch, and then she just comes in with this absolute blinder of a Doctor Who story. Well, it's like the girl that plays Mary Shelley. She hasn't got a Wikipedia page either. Yeah. She's just, like, really good in this, and that's it. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? But, but yeah, um, what a find. I, I think this is... I don't know whether you'll agree with this or not, Matt. I think this is the best debut story from, from a Doctor Who writer since um, Flatline from uh, Jamie Matheson. Yeah, David, I don't care enough about the writers to have an opinion on that. <laughs> like, I, nice. I read them every week and then they go out my head. Yeah. Just like the name Emma Sullivan, who directed this episode. Mm-hmm. To be fair, that's a very generic name. Yeah. She might be listening. She might be really upset. Oh, it's all right. I mean, take it from one person to with a, who also has an extremely generic name. Mm. Um, right. So this is episode eight of season 12. Yeah. So we've got two to go. Mm-hmm. Is it two-part finale? What do you think, Matt? Probably yes. Because then I can ask my next question. Are we watching them both in one go or doing one then the other? One then the other. Excellent. As is tradition. Right. And it comes from I the think, 16th... Well, when, when was the last time we did t- did a two-parter in one? Would uh, it be like series five or something, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Before yeah. our podcast got good. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. When we just kill time by just talking about extra episodes. <laughs> right, 16th of February, 2020. Yeah. It's a rainy night at Lake Geneva. That it is. People are trapped inside due to the weather. It's like Britain at the moment. There's wheelie bins flying everywhere. <laughs> and Lord Byron is there. Yeah. Mary Shelley asks him for a horror story, Tales mm-hmm. of the Dead. Meanwhile, a nurse is putting a baby to sleep and a Mm -hmm. door handle rattles. Spooky. There's a knocking at the door. As this is Byron's house, he says, I should be the one to answer it. 
and it ramps up all the tension. Mm -hmm. It's just the fam, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, come on. That's a nice little cold open, isn't it? Especially when they do a scream. That was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. And again, period costume. Love get, getting the companions in period costume. Mm. It's like uh, Unquiet Dead all over again, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, if we're going to talk about Midnight and bad episodes, yeah. let's drag that out One of well. the greatest episodes of Doctor Who. <laughs> the more people rag on it, the more I just want to dig my heels in. Okay. Okay. So, the Doctor uses the psychic paper, but it doesn't work on anyone. Yeah. Because they're all so clever. I, I think it's more just the fact that it got wet. Oh, really? Yeah, she, she says... Um, uh, oh, I think it needs a bit of a dry out or something. Uh, I can't remember exactly what what the line is, but yeah, that was the implication. Right, so it's the night that inspired Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. uh, they dance for a bit. Yeah. Uh, Shelley and Byron gossip for a bit. Yeah. And then a vase flies about for a bit. Yeah, okay, so I, I really like that dancing scene where... It's a very elegant way to get a lot of exposition done quickly and give you a really good grounding on who's who in this house mm. and what, what the relationships are. Um, I think it's really nicely done because, because it does that and also drives the plot of, like, oh, shouldn't, 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 they be, uh, shouldn't Mary Shelley be writing Frankenstein? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why are we just faffing around dancing? Yeah. Well, Mr Shelley isn't there, even though history says he was. Mm -hmm. And this is where we start my favourite plot. Yep. Graham needs a wee. <laughs> um, I don't know if you're being sarcastic there or not, Matt, but I genuinely really... I, I think this is the best episode for Graham we've had so far this series. But we never actually see him reach the toilet, so does he just, like, get stomach cramps where he's holding it in later? I think in he probably just... I, I know he can't nip out, can he? No, but there's a lot of vases around. Yeah, I was going to say, he probably just sneakily finds a, finds a vase somewhere. Imagine if he did go for a vase, but it was the perception filter at play, and he was just weighing on, like, the first edition of Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, now, in a nice heart back to last week, mm -hmm. uh, one of the enemies this episode is just a load of fingers. Yeah, I guess so. They come crawling out with a painting. Yeah, I hadn't made that connection, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. This week's uh, finger episode is mm -hmm. Haunting of Villa Diodati. It's just all fingers, this series. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. the big bad. Just fingers in general. Yeah. Now, lightning flashes and the nurse disappears as Graham does a stair loop. Yeah. Comes down the stairs, goes under them, and then arrives back at the top. That's such a simple, effective bit of weirdness, isn't it? Mm. Really nicely directed. And again, directed. when there's a flash of lightning, a girl appears. Mm. Uh, Yaz finds somebody else trying to break into a room, mm. and we get a nice par uh Not parody. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. Where she likens Byron to the Doctor. Oh, yes, parallel. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah, it's a nice scene for Yaz, I think. 
Yeah, she does some acting. Mm. And, well, I mean, how how much of a subtext do you think is there, Matt? Do you, like, do you get the impression that Yaz is... Are we talking... Are we getting into the realms of actual yearning here? Or do you think it's more just like she just wants her mate to open up? Uh, yeah. how, how do you read that scene? Um, I don't know, because obviously I've had a little element of flux spoilt for me, so I know mm-hmm. where that goes. But yeah. yeah, just the frustration with the Doctor not telling them things is probably yeah. how I'd have read it if I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean the 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 ship was um, fully afloat and well down, uh, well into the open waters by this point. Um, people were basically shipping Yaz and the Thirteenth Doctor. I want to say from about Arachnids in the UK onwards, right? Um, you know, because there are some references there where her mum's like, "You two." Yeah. And stuff. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I kind of was very much of the opinion that like, oh, they're not going to do that. They're not going to. And then this scene is kind of like, maybe they are doing that. Yeah. It's hard to say, isn't I, it? Now that you've said it, it has been planted a long while ago, hasn't it? Mm. It's if it's one of those things where if you want to look for it you can make a case for it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so something to keep half an eye on going forwards is, is what I'd say with that. Yeah. So Yaz sees a ghost and there mm. are the mysterious fingers above her. Yeah. Uh, the doctor asks where Mr. Shelley is. He's indisposed this evening and won't be joining us. Uh, that's a shame, isn't it? But, but Byron is also suspicious. There's no carriage after the Doctor said that's how they'd arrived. Yeah. Uh, And I did like this bit, that uh, Mary Shelley asks Ryan, how are things in the colonies? So again, (laughs) you know, we get that racial insensitivity from Mm -hmm. history. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to Mary Shelley in that context, it's not a massive leap. You know, it's kind of... It makes sense. She's not being insensitive on purpose there. Um, and, uh, yeah, we get our our most significant Ryan moment of the episode where he attempts to play chopsticks. Yeah, yeah. But, and... I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to do that scene down. I actually really like that scene. I love the way he talks about Grace and, you know, mm. she continues to be this inspiring figure, you know? yeah. Yeah, she's through, like ever through present, Ryan. isn't she? Yeah. Right, we find out Dr. Polidori sleepwalks. Mm-hmm. And whilst discussing that, the doctor senses evil in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Polidori challenges Ryan to a duel. I think quite <laughs> like this bit. Yeah. Uh, but the bony fingers finally choke Ryan until they get smashed. Yeah. Do you know what I think is extraordinary as well about this this episode? And one of the things where I really think Maxine Alderson deserves a lot of credit. We are, what, 20 minutes in? Mm-hmm. All four of our main characters have had something interesting and entertaining to do that has... Yeah, it's only like... taken two series for that to happen. 
spoken to their character. Yeah, and and on top of that, we've got an intriguing plot, and we've introduced a whole bunch of supporting characters, and all of them feel like they have a reason to be there. What an incredible, you know, feat of writing that is. Yeah. Um. And and, and yeah, it, it's you're right. It shouldn't take this long to get something on that level if you're going to have that many characters. Bloody well, write for them. But it's so refreshing to see that it can be done. Mm. Yeah. Just really uh, stood out to me on this viewing. So, Byron has a skeleton in his chamber. We see the other hand is missing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we know there's more fingers afoot. Oh, yeah. no, fingers a hand. <laughs> that makes more sense, yeah. Great joke. Uh and we learn that Mr. Shelley has been seeing things. He's down at another chalet writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Graham, so we suppose. Yeah. Is visited by a woman and a girl. Yeah. And I Just like where standard this... textbook creepy stuff. Yeah, I like where that goes at the end. Yeah. Uh, Yaz and Ryan are now trapped in the stair loop. Mm-hmm. Okay. The doctor can't leave the house. Yaz and Ryan see a ghost, mm-hmm. and it's all kicking off at this point, isn't it? It David? is, yeah. And you know what? It really, I I had the benefit of watching this episode uh, when I was watching it for 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 this uh, recording um, with headphones on in the dark. So I was getting probably, I was seeing the episode at its best. I think wow. it's fair to say. I laid on my living room floor in broad daylight. <laughs> yeah, I I wonder if that might genuinely have had an impact on mm. on how it, because it really is just playing in those waters of very classic horror tropes, um, like proper gothic horror, and I think to really relish that you kind of need to you you need to embrace that vibe of it. Yeah. So the nurse from earlier attends a crying baby. Mm-hmm. And sees a ghost-like figure above the lake. Ooh. Okay. Now, when I first saw this, I was like, "Aha! Here we go! It's um, the can't remember their names now. You know the ones from Spyfall. What are they? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Begin with a K. Yeah, the electric people. I know who you mean. Yeah. Should I, go I was back like, in my notes and find it. Yeah, I keep wanting to say Carvanista, but that's a spoiler. No. Uh... Resolution, Curse of Fate and Death, Black Orchid, Man, Five Doctors. We watched a lot of rubbish, haven't we? Here we go. Spyfall Part 1, Spyfall Part 2. Uh, oh, I think I've just referred to them as the beings. Oh, I remember now. It's the Kasavin. That's the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got that written down. Yeah, Kasavin. Uh, funnily... Spyfall Part 2 was the episode where I drew that NFT. I've just seen that again in my notes. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, no bits I, I, so far. Ah, so, uh, I mean, even, has, has, even though there's been no bits, presumably the uh, the price has skyrocketed. Oh, David, we're internet rich. Yeah. Not real rich, but like... No. Internet rich. Just internet rich. Yeah. But anyway, so the first time I watched this episode, I was convinced. Like, oh, here we go. The Kasavin are back. That's exciting. Doing something with them. Nah. No such luck. No such luck. Yeah. Right. So, 
Polidori does sleepwalk, and this mm -hmm. time he does it through a wall. Yeah, good trick if you can do it. Which makes all the candles and fires blow out as he enters the room with the Doctor and Lord Byron. Mm-hmm. Okay, because everyone is trapped in their individual room. When you leave it, you reappear in it. Mm -hmm. But it's all an illusion. He's not walking through walls because the walls aren't there. Mm -hmm. uh, so when they work that out, they all close their eyes and they're able to move through the house freely. So they go to check on the baby and in its place, there's a skull and a hand. Oh, that's horrible, isn't it? So we work out the house is like a big security system. It's like a panic room. Mm -hmm. There's something horrible outside. This is the year without a summer caused by whatever it is outside. And when it enters, David, mm -hmm. it's a lone Cyberman. Here we go. Bloody hell. We're reaching the crescendo before yeah. the end, aren't we? Yeah, so what, what were you thinking when you saw that? Were you happy to see it? I thought, oh, bloody hell, Cybermen again. Even though I knew it was coming. I know yeah. you really like them, David, but we haven't seen a good Cyberman story. Oh, come off it, Matt. We have. Go on, tell me one we've watched that's great. Um, The Doctor Falls. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but they weren't, really the, good. they weren't the best bit in it. They were just Oh, there. come on. The whole, the whole horror around Bill's conversion is brilliantly done. Oh yeah, like I, I've got some sort of memory problem. I was like, I was like, the best bit about that is definitely the master and Missy yeah. at the end. But no, there's that bit in the barn, isn't there? Where yeah. Bill sees. And there's all the, all the stuff with with um, you know the, the hospital and um, Bill and the master in disguise, and it's just a great story. Okay, you get a pass this week, Cybermen. Thank you. Okay. On behalf of all Cybermen. <laughs> yeah. So when it enters, it yeah. says, are you the Guardian? Yeah. And can we talk briefly about the design on the lone Cyberman? It's just smashed to bits, isn't he? Incomplete. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. I really like it. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. So the nurse hides with the baby, mm. thinking the Cyberman will, you know, just keep going. But the Cyberman takes the baby. Uh, yeah. The Doctor then speaks to the Cyberman. And I like this bit where his weapon fails and the Doctor yeah. goes, oh, that's a bit disappointing. I think it even worked better. I think she just says, oh, bit embarrassing. Mm. <laughs> like he's having performance issues. Yeah. <laughs> now, unlike other Cybermen, this one has no emotional inhibitor. Mm. So he's a so bit just... softy deep down, isn't he? Well, is he, though? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yaz finds a room which has Shelley's writings in it, but also sprawled all over the walls. There's, like, madness. Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, Graham searches the cellar, probably went down there on his own looking for a place to have a wee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's something down there with them. Mm-hmm. And whilst all this is happening, the Cyberman regains power. Yeah. And mentions the Siberium. I couldn't remember yep. if I'd ever heard of that before. I'm pretty sure this is new. Mm. 
to to this uh, new to Doctor Who. Possibly there's some classic thing that I'm forgetting about, but um, yeah. So it begins reciting Shelley's poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out Shelley has been here all along. He's hiding in the cellar, and he is the guardian. Yes. Uh, the baby that the Cyberman took. Because after a while, I was like, where is that baby? Yeah. Uh, but it was safe all along. It's just yeah. the nurse and the valet who are dead. Yes. Yeah. Right. This is where everything... I think he, I think possibly you looked away. There's this whole scene where the Cyberman, he picks up the baby and, like, talks to... I'm sure... Do you put see him put it back? I can't remember. I can't remember. You're, make, you're making me, me second-guess myself now. But certainly that scene where he where he's, like, peering down and then picks up the baby, I was like, I don't know that I've ever been more tense watching an episode of Doctor Who. I was like, no, surely not. They can't. So Um, everyone comes together. This is where everything's coming to a head. Mm. The Doctor says, you've all got to hide because Shelley was trying to protect the Siberium. He's the one using it to change the house. And once he does that, he uses his house-changing abilities to send the Cyberman away. Um, So the Doctor wants to know what's going on, so she does a psychic link and sees that Shelley found some metal in a riverbed Mm -hmm. which has possessed him. Yeah. No ordinary metal. And it caused him to become hidden in time because he's the ghost everyone's been seeing. Yeah. He has all the Cyberman knowledge as like an AI in his brain. Mm Mm-hmm. So, after all that information, Ryan just wants to kill him. (laughs) Okay. Now, Doctor says, and I bet you absolutely loved this bit, Mm -hmm. uh, that we can't just kill him because we'd be killing his inspiration, David. Words matter. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. If ever there was a line that you would absolutely just love. Sure. Yeah, I do like it as a... a, um... As a thing, I I mean, I know BT, Flippity Giga kind of made the point, like, you know, why are we making this, this point about, like, Mary, uh, about Percy Shelley being some kind of, like, exceptional, and I, I, I don't read it that way. I read it more as, like, it is an established fact that he is an influential poet. <laughs> you take him out of history, things change. You can't, you know... Like it's not making an argument about whether or not he is worthy of that status. The fact is, he does, and you take him out, and it's like you know a house of cards. You know, and you're you're taking a card out of uh, at the structure. So, um, I feel like that's the that's the argument the doctor is making more than anything. Um, but also, yeah. <laughs> Writers love to writing about how important writers are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet you watched that and you went, "That's me. I'm important." <laughs> right. Then we get that nice little speech about the team structure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we we do need to acknowledge that this is one of the first times Jodie Whittaker's Doctor has really been given a proper. Uh, gloves come off kind of s- scene. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it's really frustrating that it happens this late into her tenure. Yeah. She we're, should have had a scene like this, episode three of series 11. Yeah, we're only just seeing the best of her, aren't we? Yeah. And it's it's frustrating because, like, it's been there all along. You just need writers willing to kind to give her enough to work with. She's not. She's by no means the worst new Who Doctor, but she is definitely up until this point the most underserved mm. new Who Doctor. Yeah, I genuinely think she's she's she just deserves better than she's she's largely got up until this point. Mm. No, it's definitely a good show in here. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, that just that speech as well. I, the, I like the way it refers back to you know we've we've had the the the, the jokey references in the past. Oh, it's a very flat team structure, and she she you know she goes along with that. She plays that, but like yeah, no when it when it's really down to brass tacks, all of a sudden, yeah, actually, she doesn't think of them as equals. <laughs> That's really interesting. That's re- it 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 it. it yeah, I could pick over that scene endlessly, to be honest. So, from there, Mary Shelley asks why the Cyberman spared her son. Mm. And she says she sees a soul in yeah. the Cyberman. Asks oh. its name, and its name was Ashad. Yeah. Okay. So the Doctor then frees Shelley from the Siberian mm. and takes it herself. Hang on, hang on. Are we not going to do the end of that moment? Because, like... Um, Ashad, yeah, Ashad sort of confesses, it seems to, it plays along for a moment with Mary Shelley and how, you know, you know, Mary Shelley, it, it, you, it's kind of what you expect from a Doctor Who mm. resolution of just like, oh, there's goodness in you all along. And, and then Ashad's just like, yeah, no, I did have kids and I murdered them all. <laughs> and the only reason I didn't murder your son is is he's just a useless runt and will die anyway. And just like, holy, you know, that is... Again, I think... I know why some... I get that some people don't like this character, this villain, but I think it's fascinating to have this this guy who yes they're, they're, they're a partially converted cyberman who has this just kind of really screwed up mentality and is basically a zealot yeah um that's fascinating to me yeah he's not just following orders like the others he truly believes he's all in for yes this. he believes in the cause even though his his own conversion was bungled somehow yeah. Oh, yeah, really fascinating. Okay. And uh, oh, what's the name of the... I need to look up the name of the guy who plays him as well, because I think it's a great performance. Let me just quickly look that up. Sorry, man. Um, I've, I've got it here. It's You've David it. Schwimmer. <laughs> Re- yeah, really stretching himself as an actor. It's nice to see, isn't it? Um, uh, Patrick O'Kane is the there real we go. actor. Yeah, great performance. Don't know if I've seen him in anything else, but love what he does with this. Uh, let's see if I know him from anywhere else. Uh, he's been in The Walking Dead uh, and The Last Jedi. Yeah. Okay. Is Last Jedi the one you really like or the one you really hate? Uh, I really like The Last Jedi. That's the second one, isn't it, in the um, in the modern yeah. trilogy? 
Yeah. And then it's I really Force like Awakens, isn't it? That's the one you hate. No, Force Awakens is the first one. What's the third one called? Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is atrocious. Genuinely, just one of the worst films I think I've ever seen, regardless of whether it's Star Wars or not. Just a really shoddily made mess of a film. Wow. Well, there what, we go. I mean, what do you think of it, Matt? What I'm so biased, David. I love all Star Wars. Really? Yeah. Like, I know that the latest Boba Fett season has mm. come under a bit of criticism, but the thing is, it's just really good. All right then. I'll be honest. I've been struggling with the Mandalorian. Uh, just stick. I can't with get it. into it. I can't get into it. I'm just not enjoying it. What? Like, what? What don't you get about like a swashbuckling hero and his little boy son? That is you and Zorbs all day. <laughs> you know, we, I guess we gave so. him the nickname Zorbs, but we all know his real name's Grogu. Mm. I guess the thing is like. I've seen three episodes so far, and of those three, there's just there's no interesting dialogue, and I really love dialogue. But you've got a, a lead character who hardly ever talks, and his sidekick is a literal baby. <laughs> and I'm just like, it doesn't it doesn't make for sparkling dialogue, does it? <laughs> like visually, it's you know chef's kiss. Don't I, it absolutely is. But essentially, what I feel like I'm just watching just a bunch of stunts and set pieces with a, with a vague story tying them together. But as much as I enjoy a good set piece, it's not what I watch TV and films for. I want to be invested in the characters and the story. And and so three episodes in, Mandalorian has done nothing to to hook me into that side of it. So I've really struggled to get into it. I am going to give it a couple more, but I think it might just be one of the things where it's not for me. I totally get that other people like it. I just don't think it's for me. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, from there, the Doctor takes the Siberian from Shelley for herself. Mm. And the skies open as Ashad summons his ship. Yeah. Uh, so, in order to prevent massive catastrophe, the Doctor gives the Siberium to Ashad. Yeah. So she's oh. saved Shelley, but she's risked the future. Yeah, she's done exactly what Jack said she shouldn't do. No, no. So, she also showed Shelley his death. Yeah. So, from there, everything gets tied up. Because they're going to go to the future, find Ashad, and stop him making the Cyberman army. And they all just say goodbye. Yep. And we find out that that little girl and the woman that Graham saw re- earlier really were a ghost. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, that's a, It's a good little gag to end on, isn't it? Yeah. Like I say, it was okay. I, I think it's... It, look. It, del- it delivers on the gothic horror that you would want from a uh, an episode with this setting. <laughs> it delivers on giving us a little taste of 
these genuine historical people. Yeah, it doesn't go into enormous depth about these individual characters. And I think some people were understandably disappointed that this wasn't the episode where it's like, it, it's not a fulsome tribute to Mary Shelley, the godmother of science fiction. Mm. And, you know, I get that that could be disappointing for some people, but I feel like it's kind of criticising it for something it never set out to do. Yeah. Um, and so on top of that, we actually get we get a lot of fu- a lot of comedy that really works. Got a good character based humour. I would agree with those who said this is Whitaker's best performance so far. Absolutely. She really gets some stuff to get her teeth into. Um, and we get a, a really solid launch, launching point into our finale for the series. Uh-huh. And that, I mean, could you ask for anything more for from an episode like this? No. I don't think so. It's, I think it's an absolute blinder. And when you compare it to something like Utopia, um, which is the obvious comparison in that it's essentially like a prologue to a finale, um, Utopia is basically 40 minutes of just kind of faffing about, waiting to get to the to the big reveals at the end. And those big reveals, it's like an amazing fireworks display that completely blinds you to the preceding, um, you know, 40 minutes of faffing yeah. about. Whereas this, I feel like, is really solid the whole way through. You get your big reveal of the lone Cyberman at the halfway point of the episode. And then we actually get to spend some time with that character, understand what they're looking for, why they're looking for it, what makes them tick. Um, Yeah. And it does it all in the context of a historical, like a celebrity historical, rather than the easy thing which is usually to just, you know, stick it at some random planet in the future where anything goes and they can make whatever decisions they want. It's one of those ones where they're having to tread lightly on history. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's good Doctor Who, this episode. Yeah, maybe it's really better is. than I give it credit for. I think possibly. I think if you gave it another watch, knowing what what they're doing with it, you might be pleasantly surprised by by just how it's not it's not it's just all the small decisions you know yeah they make they make all the right choices you know with the direction the writing the performances so it's greater than the sum of its parts uh-huh. um but anyway yeah that all said and done um, what we got next week i do believe next week we will be watching uh, I just want to figure out whether it's got a, a definite article or not. I can't remember. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Next week, Matt, we will be watching Ascension of the Cybermen. Ooh, something to look forward to. Yeah. Maybe maybe this is going to be the story that really changes my mind on the Cybermen. One can only hope. So um, I'm really looking forward to that, and I hope you are too, listeners. Until then, as always, thank you ever so much uh, for listening. Until next time, cheerio. Bye now.
Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.